Welcome into Defeating the Curse. This is the FPLP show. Taylor Heineke week. Taylor Heineke season. He took over. Once is injured. Please don't play him again. I have never been more excited this season than I am right now for the Washington Commanders, led by Taylor Heineke, facing the Indianapolis Colts, starting a first time ever starting QB, because somehow, some way, we won the QB carousel with Wentz over Matt Ryan. I, I it's it's a lot to discuss. It's a lot to unpack. Aaron Rodgers is old. The Green Bay Packers lost us. And Taylor Heineke has green and yellow Jordans on. LP. I so, don't know. I don't know why you're surprised. I'm pretty sure Taylor on Heineke's this podcast, better? I told you several weeks ago that this is the way that Ron Rivera teams go. Start out slow the season. Come on a little bit of a run. Get on a little bit of a heater. Start out every game slow. You can't say that without mentioning that the injury report does better at maintaining our roster than the coaching staff. I'm not saying that. Billy Jack being benched because he has a bad back. It's all garbage. He's not benched because he has a bad back. He's benched because he only knows how to play zone coverage. Or he only knows how to play man coverage. And we play zone. coaching staff. Turn this team around. 100%. I don't even know if this team is turned around because we have the yet defense, to have a dominating win. I you would see, say the, the, the Green Bay the closest was the closest game to a dominating win. Our offense was better, our defense was better, and our special teams was better. The Bears it was way too close to comfort in a commanding way. Right? We have yet to do that all season. We are three or four plays away. We have yet to do that in the past ten years. You have to realize that we're four ref calls and dropped balls away from being 0-6. Now, on the flip side, that's, we're one that's Carson Wentz interception away in the red zone from being 4-2 and two or whatever, 4-3. and three. So, it could go either way. That's, the that's NFL, how the NFL right? is. There's, there's no, Yeah, I mean, you can always go back and play that game of what if this, what if that, what if uh, Joey Sly didn't miss – you know, what did he miss? So a kick in, in the Bears game, a kick in this game. It doesn't matter. Like, you can always go back and say this one player, that one play. It, Jonathan Allen said it on his interview this week with the Junkies is that, you know, football is a game of inches, is a game of seconds, is a game of one or two plays. Like, and, and Ron says that all the time. You can always take a game and look at four plays that change, change the game. And that's just how it is. I mean, I, I get you could say that about and, every and team. Before we dive into the Green Bay game, I mean, you also have to – like, look, I've, I've given Ron a pass on the season. Losing Wentz absolutely has given him a pass to, to go through the season and probably earn next year. But the truth is the coaching staff, while they – while like, look, JDR off the hit list, right? The defense looks – way better may that be william jackson benched or not the defense looks way better we have like the best safety tandem in the nfl with defoe and curl like the defense looks fantastic and that's still without chase coming in and we'll discuss if and when he comes in but you also again and it pains me to keep mentioning this but you look at dable and the giants they're six and one because that coach they play to the strengths of the team Right, that coaching staff somehow finds ways to win those those 
one possession games where we with Heineke just found a way to win a close game like that. I love Heineke. That's what I'll say yeah. about Sunday. I love Heineke. What no, what I'll say about Sunday is uh I don't understand Scott Turner. Uh his playbook and his play calling is so bipolar that he'll have a great called game, right? We saw that against Jacksonville. Then he throws out two or three duds in a row. Now Taylor Heineke comes in and maybe he knows the offense better. Maybe he knows the playbook better. You had a lot of unique things that went in the, went into the play calls. Like you saw, again, you saw Curtis Samuel uh, getting the ball in the backfield. You saw Terry McLaurin get targeted the most he's been targeted since like week three. You saw all those things that were different and you're thinking in your head, what the hell? Why weren't like, where was this the past six weeks? Like, well, why right. can't you is just it, be consistent? Is it Scott Turner? Is it the comfort that Heineke has? Because Heineke has Heineke, five years comfort in this system. Four four years comfort in this system? Uh, he was with Minnesota, Scott Turner in Carolina. Minnesota, Carolina. Minnesota, yeah. So and, he has and, uh, a lot of experience in two, this system. Two seasons and like, a few games here. E- either way, t- take the quarterback out of it. Like, the way that we ran B-Rob, the way that we ran Gibson on on the edge against the Bears and against the Packers, like those things, like it, it's it's handing the ball off, it's schemes, it's offensive line, it's so much more than just the quarterback, and that's my issue with Scott Turner, like it's just not consistent. Right. Well, I mean, as far as the line goes, Heineke 100% is the reason why the O line looked halfway decent against Green Bay because, yeah, because of his Wentz is the most immobile quarterback yes. in the and NFL since uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah, he 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 freezes and and I think that Lions game where we gave up all those sacks and then the Eagles game right I think he just he lost all trust in any protection and it and it, it yeah, bit but, us hard. Yeah, part of that was also um we had Schweitzer in there. We had uh, yeah, we did some no shuffling. one at center. Of, of course. So this has also been the best O-line that, like, position-wise that we've put together all season, even uh, considering week one, right? We started Norwell and, and Trey Turner. Norwell's still oh. in, but yeah. Trey Turner's been out. The center has been out. Uh, Sam Cosme has been out. So, I mean, that's, that's three of the five linemen uh, who have been out. So... Like, I don't I mean, know. We should still rejoice and be glad that we're on a two-game win streak, and we've got the Colts coming up with Sam Ellinger, who's never played in in the NFL. Right, came from Texas. Uh, I don't even know if they were bowl bound in Texas, but he's. I mean, he's a rookie, right? I don't know if you caught this, but uh, I don't know if you watch or listen to the Pat McAfee show. Um, <laughs> but he was. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a nice little cough there you got. But uh, apparently Ellinger is built like a horse is, is what he says. Like thick, like uh, like uh, Saquon Barkley bottom half essentially is, is how he's built. I don't know if that's a good thing for him. D- does that mean he's less mobile? Is he going to juke us, run through us? I'm, I'll be very interested. There's two, there's two storylines on this game, right? There's, there's Taylor Heineke versus Ellinger instead of the the Wentz comeback tour, 
But the second headline is Ursay versus Snyder, right? That's also happening this week. That's going to get a lot of traction in the media and the commentary and the pregame. It's it's an interesting week, and that's still with – I don't think Chase got activated to practice this week, so he's not going to play that game. But two wins in a row change the DNA of this team player-wise. They, they looked like they played up when Heineke came in. They looked like – like you saw like Scary Terry and the ferociousness and calling for the ball – shouting on the sideline, shooting Ron a look, and Ron having, like, this pleasing, grim, like, grin thing that he, like, shot back. I don't know what that means. But, like, the players definitely elevated their game because we, we've we been discussing it all week. This locker room, they love Heineke more than once. And I'm not knocking once, and I'm not saying all the trash that the Colts and the Eagles and all those fan bases said is true, but this locker room plays for Heineke. They yeah, like it, the it's dog not. They like it's the not that they didn't like Wentz. Right. They just connect and it's not more like with Heineke. Yeah, Heineke's a boy, and I just think that Heineke's personality and everything that he comes with is just that guy who you walk into a room. He's fun. He's energetic. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's the whole underdog story, right? Like I'm sure mm-hmm. they're rooting for this guy who was sleeping on his sister's couch in the basement, uh, you know, to make yeah. a comeback in the NFL. So. There's all those things that play into the fact into, into factor into this game. Yeah. Um, that I mean, you know, his post game, maybe... he's like, I'm gonna go drink a beer in the parking lot as soon as I'm done talking to you. Like he's wearing the team colors of of uh, on Jordans of teams he's beat. Like out, like remove football, right? Like if you're just like a group of guys, and let's say you throw a party, Carson once throws up, it's like, hey, Carson, yeah, come, feel free to hang out. Yeah, that's cool. All right, yeah, beer's over there. But then Heineke walks in, and, like, they're going to dap him up, high-five him. Like, it's all of a sudden, like, a completely different vibe when Heineke walks in. It's not knocking Wentz. It's yeah. just these guys connect with Heineke. And, and you know they're like, we want him to get that $125,000 game bonus. We want him to buy the next pair of Jordans. We want to see that. It's almost like Clinton Portis back in the day when he would stroll in in different costumes. It's like that sort of non-football camaraderie that you're getting that that brings out the good play in everybody else absolutely yeah i mean and uh, us as fans we all see that too right like how energetic was this town uh when we found out that that heineke was going to be the starter for the next four to six weeks right no one was like well that sucks that we missed our starting quarterback and it wasn't a knock on wentz because Mm -hmm. literally a week later probably 75 percent of the town were like yeah, Wentz is doing a great job. He's just not getting help from his O-line. And all these, you know, we were all making excuses for him because we saw the cannon of the arm, because we saw the potential right. that this offense can do. Um, and we so, can play the hypotheticals, right? Like, let's say Wentz doesn't play for the rest of the year and we, we save that, second, that, that third round pick from becoming a second round pick. Let's say Ron Rivera restructures Wentz and he sticks around because, let's be honest, no other team is going to go out and try to pull him, right? So from a QB room and consistency, I can see us keeping Wentz. And again, this is like the homer in me, the 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 glass half full. I can see the excuses we made for rent for Wentz were valid. 
And if he has an entire season to familiarize himself with this playbook and off season, and he comes into next season and you have, maybe you have true QB competition depending on what Heineke does. But I don't think Wentz was essentially the, the number one issue. And I think there's a way you can maybe pull out elite play from him again. But as of right now, this season, he was not the answer. And yeah, and the good thing is... I don't want is, us to revert back to him in four to five weeks. Even if Heineke splits the next four games, I don't want us to go back to Wentz. I would want, if anything, you go to Howell. Wentz, to me, should be done for the season. I think if he serves his time, and if it's six weeks, that's probably roughly 75% of the snaps that he's missed anyways. So you're, I think you're it says problem. if he misses four games and plays, then it, the the 75% is not hit or is hit. If he misses five games, the 75% is not hit. It's yeah, like and very it, but it line. also depends on, you know, how many offensive drives you get per game, all those things, right? If you look at the averages, yeah, uh, it's probably five or six games. Now, say he misses six games and Heineke goes four and two. There's absolutely no reason why Wentz would get his starting job back. Agreed. Say uh, we go two and four. Well, in that case, uh, you're sitting at Season's five shot. and yeah. nine or whatever. Season's, Season's over at that Howell. point. Go to Howell. Right. Uh, now, probably what's likely is we go three and three. We're still in the hunt. We're still <laughs> close. And then it's a toss up. Yeah, very, very true. And actually, so. the the negativity in me thinks somehow the Colts game is now a trap game for us. And Ellinger balls out and, and and we're not prepared for it. And maybe he's more mobile than we thought. Or maybe he's like quick triggered and is making reads faster than we can adjust. It would not surprise me if everyone is high on this defense and pro football focus and Twitter analysis and PFT and, and all these articles are saying uh, like, Oh yeah, the the commander's defense started slow, and now they're ranked second and third in almost every category. It would not surprise me for the Colts to come down, come out, run it down our throat. Jonathan Taylor day and night, and Ellinger hitting some Bobo wide receiver that nobody knows for two touchdowns. It wouldn't surprise me, but it wouldn't surprise me. But what one thing that we've actually been consistent at is getting pressure at the quarterback. Yes. And last week against Green Bay, I mean, Aaron Rodgers hands down the the best quarterback at not getting hit and not getting yes. sacked. Right. We didn't sack him, but we still had pressure in his we face. We were there. Yeah. We, and we scared him. And you from could see that on. Yeah. He wasn't and that's, sharp. That's he the wasn't key to there. the game, right? Like the so key that's to why all I think of Sunday comes down to that pressure and hit him fast, hit him early, and then the rest of the game is a lock. Yeah, I generally have a a theory that anytime there's a backup quarterback that comes in, there's always one game. It's usually the first game that he does great and they end up winning the game. Now, I, I can see that debunked with a good pass rush and a sound defense, which I think we're at now. I think we can actually say we're a solid defense. Yep. Uh, um, I don't think we're elite, obviously. I don't think I still think the secondary's got holes. Uh, Wild Goose is, you know, is a uh, essentially a starter who was basically cut from the Jets. So right. you we can't say that Danny Johnson from practice squad. I think he's better than the other scrub that we had that got put on IR. 
forgot his last name. It's like Carlos Santiago or something. I, I forgot his name. That's just me sort of being racist. But <laughs> Carlos Rogers? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, the tr- I, I the like, truth is I like, like BSJ on the outside. I like uh, Fuller on the outside. And, you know, whether it's Danny Johnson or uh, Wild Goose in the slot. Yeah. I think that's a recipe for, and still for and success. And it's going to be the, the same thing that we saw. Like the Packers wide receivers – bunch of nobodies right like Lazard was their best and we had him locked down bunch of nobodies on the Colts as well as far as receiving goes Do they still have T.Y. Hilton if, if I, I that's like saying Green Bay has Sammy Watkins like who cares if the ghost of T.Y. Hilton is still there <laughs> nothing's gonna happen like he should not burn us should not burn us but then I mean you look at this defense Outside of like the front line, the front line is doing theirs, right? And that might be Kerrigan is now part coach. That might be the 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 D line coach that we fired, and then the new swole guy came in as the coach. I forgot his name too. D line aside, we have to talk about kind of the linebacking court because suddenly after two games, the two wins, Jamin Davis has not been a liability. Cole Holcomb, as much as we hate him and we knock on him, he has been steady and he's slowly progressing into becoming this like London Fletcher Jr. Nothing special, nothing flashy, no big sack dance, no Khalil Mack type pressure. Yeah, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, but, but he's, and London he's not the Fletcher smartest. Where he's there, he makes the stop and almost every other play on defense is tackled by Cole Holcomb is is yeah. the, is the outcome. And I'll take that 100 out of 100 times. Now he is on the injury report today and did not practice, but it is Wednesday, a lot so of it's still report today. Still early. Um, There's a big injury report though. Dotson, I think, is still out. Cole was hurt. I think Logan was practicing. I think Charles Leno was out. Uh, Cole Thomas was out. Here we go. Shadiq Charles uh, was out with an illness. Uh, Doxon was out with his ham- hammy. Holcomb is out with a foot. Uh, Jackson is a DNP. Cole Turner was out with a foot. Diami was limited, so that's good to see him back. Logan uh, limited, so he's looks like he's coming back. And then Jonathan Williams uh, coming back. And then Cosme it was a full today, so uh, I, he was active on Sunday but didn't start. But I could see him. I mean, that's a, that's a, a good B question. Cosme's a B word. Yeah, I mean, I, de- I definitely don't want to see him playing with a club on his hand. Well, I mean, old, late 90s, 2000s linemen would play with two clubs on their hands and use them as weapons. He's not good enough to play with two full hands. What makes you think <laughs> he's good enough to play with one hand in a club? I just, yeah. I know all the jokes of, oh, well, he's not going to hold anymore, but. <laughs> like, who cares? Like he's still gonna get burned. Um, and and Lucas is a very solid swing tackle. Yeah, like he he, really he is, is our Ty and Seki. Yeah, man, I would love me some Ty and Seki, Morgan Moses back, Eric Flowers. I would love all those guys back, assuming that they're still playing at a high level. I think Ty and Seki's got to be in his forties at this point. <laughs> and on half a an ankle. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I think this team is is on the up. Uh, Indy this week, four o'clock game. If you win three in a row, 
if you win three in a row, I mean, I think we're we're still in wild card whole battle positioning. Uh, at the beginning of last week, we were a game out from uh, that last wild still, card spot. I think that's still the case. It's still probably the case, but maybe half a game um, or close. The problem is you have Dallas, yep. New York, and Philly, who are five and one. What is it? Five and one, five and one, and six and, and, six and zero. Yeah. And it's I insane. think no, we're, we're a game Giants out. are six and one. Eagles are six and zero. Cowboys are five and one. Or no, they might be six and one too. Six and one as well. Either way, it's, I mean, it's insane that the that's East insane that turned into NFC least to NFC beast after one off season. Like everybody got the memo except the Commanders. And they just. But the the, the real question is, are are they going to be able to keep that up? Like, are so, they all going to go thirteen and and four? They're th- those three teams. Maybe, actually, all three teams. Very strong run game. Very strong defense. Dak and Daniel Jones, not the strongest QBs. Somehow, Jalen Hurts is a strong QB, but that's because they keep surrounding him with weapons. But the recipe is there, and I think that's what Ron is going to preach to the team, is he's going to be like, look at these teams, look at their weapons, look at what they're doing, right? You can't tell me that Heineke is that much lower than Daniel Jones. I don't think that's true. Because the biggest thing that Daniel Jones brings to the Giants is his scramble ability, right? And he's making simple, smart decisions. And all of a sudden, he he addressed the mistakes. And then all of a sudden, Saquon's in, playing at an elite level again. And that defense is keeping them in every single game, right? That's the recipe, right? Cowboys with Zeke and uh, Pollard. And then all of a sudden, their defense, it's, we're there. Like, we're right there at that same exact recipe of maybe not elite QB play, but if B-Rob and Gibson truly are becoming the strong one-two punch for our running game, and Terry and Curtis start playing or getting looks as if they are elite because of Heineke, and this defense truly does step up and Chase comes back and losing Billy Jack helps you in the back end, and this defense shuts down the explosive, the explosive plays, we have the same structure as these other NFC East teams, right? Now, yeah, coaching yeah, might be the, the biggest difference. And the setback at the beginning of the season, right? Starting yeah, out. Digging ourselves a hole. Two and four doesn't help. But when you look at the schedule, like bring up the schedule, right? You have, what is it? It's Colts, and then it's Vikings, and then it's Eagles, I think, that way. Or it might be Colts, Eagles, Vikings. But then you mix in the Texans. You mix in the Falcons, you mix in the Niners, who are great, but they're not like Jimmy G can be sacked, can make mistakes, right? That's what you kind of hang your helmet on there. And then it's just a bunch of NFC East matchups. So you got the the Colts, the Vikings, the Eagles, Vikings and Eagles back to back is going to hurt. The Eagles game is is a primetime game. Is that a Thursday or a Sunday? 8-15. Uh, the Texans, 
the Falcons, the Giants, back-to-back, the Niners, the Browns, the Cowboys. So let's say let's say the NFC East teams, hypothetically, let's let's call those losses. Let's just say we go 0 and 6, NFC East teams. I think you're done at that point because you're at 10 losses. No. No, you're at uh, eight losses. Eight losses. That's about that's about right for what we predicted for the season. Uh, the Vikings are a good team. Yeah, but the Vikings' strength is Justin Jefferson. So if you yeah. just zero in on him and then you assume we can stop Calvin Cook, what else do they have? That's also Kirk's first game back at FedEx. So that's that's a little big, too. He'll probably tear us up. Probably. Yeah. So if you lose all the NFC East games and you lose the Vikings games, so you're at 7-9. Uh, and nine. Yep, that's about where we predicted it. And that I think I think you can squeeze as out weak as the one NFC, or as, two NFC East games. As weak as the NFC is, seven and nine might be enough for that last wild card spot. It's insane I doubt to it. say that. I doubt it. As of right now, the landscape of the NFC. It's I don't possible. think seven. It wouldn't be seven and nine. It'd be <coughs> seven and ten. It's nine losses. Yeah, it'd be uh, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Because the extra. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's say like Cowboys are the last game of the season. They probably rest everybody. Yeah, but think about this. If you flip two of the NFC East games, say you can squeeze out the Cowboys and one of the Giants games. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't That's truly 10 believe. That's 10 wins. I don't believe in the Giants at all. And I think their 6-1 and one is the flu- like the flukiest 6-1 and one ever. I think it's like going up against the 11-0 and 0 Steelers and we got that win. I do not believe in that Giants team at all. So are you telling me that, like, we can't get in Daniel Jones' face and all of a sudden make him discombobulated and, and, and make all these mental errors? It's very possible. So yeah, let's, and it's say, very possible let's say that... you, let's say you flip the both Giants games. You get a resting Cowboys on the last game of the season. And let's say you steal one of the Vikings or the Eagles games. Right, so there's four right there. Let's say you take Falcons and Browns. Okay, and Colts. There's three more. So there's seven wins. You're looking at ten wins right there already. Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, you could very easily get to ten if the way that you played on Sunday stays yeah. is your recipe to getting to ten wins. Although sound, I think. The week we play the Browns is Deshaun Watson's first game eligible or something stupid like that. And he probably comes out and tortures us or hopefully he's rusty. I don't know. Who knows what the Browns are going to be like at that point of their season. They might the not season. have Kareem Hunt either, so it might be just the Nick Chubb show. It's 10 wins. There's, not... a, there's a path to, to 9, 10 wins. It's still there. This conversation would not have happened two weeks ago. And it's insane that barely beating the Bears and Heineke doing Heineke against the Packers flipped the script on the season. And and you know what? You said it, and I'll admit it. We were quick to react on Ron, but those four, first four weeks were brutal, and the quick reaction was warranted. But Ron should have the biggest grin if we beat this Colts team, and he comes out and he could be like, I told y'all, shut the F up. Let let the let the guys work. 
I, I'll give him. Yeah, that, it's, it's also it, like, it, bro. It's also like, come on. We're the only start win the, the Lions four have weeks had. earlier and, and fix this because this has been a trend. Yeah. And exactly. it's not good. Like, we're the only win the Lions have had. That's terrible. That's unacceptable. And it wasn't just that the Lions won. The Lions came out and murdered us. Only win of their season so far. Unacceptable. Yeah. And when we played the Lions, remember how hyped we were about the Lions? Uh, well, they're actually a really good team and hard knocks and, and yep. their coach and is good. Out, and- he came out high from the Jaguars win. And we thought like two like, juggernauts were going to meet somehow. Four TD passes versus hard knocks lines. like, And pff, we, we shit the bed. Hard. Yep. Hard. And we shouldn't yep. have. And that's probably a game that we look back at the end of the season and say, if if only we had that game, where would we be? Would we be even fighting for a playoff spot? And and, and the Titans game, because the Titans ripped off four in a row after us. <laughs> and and they look they're they're slowly putting together a great season. And we, we were right there. We were two yards away from stealing that win. Once it's if this Taylor's is how the in, NFL goes, if Taylor's in, do you win that Titans game? If B Rob I mean, and but, Gibson but are we've running also better, seen this with Taylor last year, right? Like the Taylor magic runs out at some point. You got to win with defense, running the ball and all those things put together. Like the, the Taylor magic and, runs out, but there was also a direct correlation between the downplay of, Heineke's play last season and the injuries and COVID that crushed us. He just kept losing weapon after weapon after weapon after weapon as the season progressed. He never had Curtis. He basically only had Terry Gibson, like, and JD McKissick had to like pull magic ADR runs out of their ass. Like, but we didn't have true weapons, like a full complement around him. I will say, speaking of that, what were you pleasantly surprised of when you watched the Packers game? Because for me, it was seeing Armani Rodgers and kind of a little bit of Cole Turner, the tight ends getting a little bit more involved. John Bates getting a little bit more involved in blocking two tight end sets to come in and block. I liked seeing that. I liked seeing Scott Turner realizing that there's a couple more weapons that he can use. Yeah, again, it's it's uh, like I said, it's Scott Turner's bipolarness on uh, play calling. Like he has a he, I thought he had a, probably an A plus game um, in calling plays, and we hadn't seen that since week one. It has to be. It has to. It, it had to have been Wentz was the biggest dagger to Scott Turner's offense. I don't think Scott Turner is a good coordinator by any stretch of the imagination but once was definitely breaking it way more than than scott was i mean so many or maybe maybe scott just wasn't trusting once enough and he should have because he's a veteran there's like he's not an idiot he knows how to play like run the plays there's film there where where once i mean Come on, not mobile, drifting back out of the pocket, drifting into sacks, missing the open guy, missing like the check down receiver. Once was all over the map of not making the the easy plays. And Heineke against the Packers 
quick release, hitting Gibson, hitting B-Rob, hitting J.D. McKissick, hitting Curtis, quick release plays. And, I mean, that's also why we saw the tight ends get involved, right? Because they were your escape valve. They were they were there to help you. Wentz would have missed a lot of those because of the severe lack in confidence in the line because of his own immobility. Like, it's just a, a, a giant circle of, of crap with Wentz. Like, he, he yeah. did it to himself, and then he suffered from what he did to himself. Well, also, Wentz is a, is a type of quarterback where when he makes that mistake— he doesn't necessarily shake it off and yeah, and he does not the have short-term memory. Yeah, Heineke. Uh, I mean, after the the pick six and then the fumble, I thought you know this guy's going to crumble. Like his first half numbers were putrid. Uh, no, he roasted but the he ca- Yeah, he came back in. He did what he needed to do. He didn't panic. He didn't try to go for the home run ball every time, uh, and and made it happen. And you know what? I I one hundred percent forgive Heineke's first half against the Packers thrust into starting position. Didn't really have first team reps all off season in the first four weeks was basically riding. Like he had to shake off the rust and, and get back into last season's form all in a half. And then quickly he did it and quickly it worked. Now this game, if he comes out against the Colts, who have a, a pretty good defense. If he comes out against the Colts and he has a, a shaky, rocky first half again with a bunch of mental mistakes, you start getting into the unforgivable Heineke-isms that he brings. But we need to game plan around that. You need to start your first 15, those scripted plays, quick hits, run, run up the gut, edge rushing, Whatever you need to do to just get Heineke in a groove, don't do what we were doing with Wentz because of his cannon and come out and be like, boom, deep shot first play. Don't do that because it's probably not going to hit. And then it's going to shake him a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, uh, if we can get Dotson back, that will be tremendous in helping uh, Heineke kind of growing back into getting that confidence into multiple receivers. Honestly, Yami, Dotson, Terry, and Curtis together on the field. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think I see Dotson back this week. Probably not. And there's no reason to rush it with soft tissue. It's also been, what, four weeks now? He missed, no, but he missed Bears and Packers. That's it. No. He didn't miss I think he missed the game. Or Titans? Did he miss Titans? Yeah, he missed Titans because that's when Diami had all those catches. So three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if he really re-injured it uh, last week in practice, and that pretty much resets the clock. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I think I'm, this team I'm has handled injuries team. actually pretty well. Yeah. Right. Like I think uh, the way that they're handling Chase, I think, is good. The way that they handled Curtis has been good. The way that they're handling uh, McKissick, right? Don't forget, he's coming back uh, from an injury too. Um, yeah. Now Logan, I think, was maybe rushed a little bit, but I probably would put that more on Logan than on the team. Yeah. He looks fine. Honestly, when you watch Chase, Chase looks fine too. I, I understand the patience, but it's like, just put him on a pitch count. Like get him geared up this week, get him conditioned, put him on a pitch count, 
against the Vikings, and then let's let's roll. Did you see that uh, RG3 thinks uh, he wishes that the Commanders or the, then the Redskins treated him like they treated Chase with his injury? That's <laughs> the most infuriating statement I've ever heard you say. All in for week one, but somehow I wanted the team to hold me out. Yeah, a tool. Like, first <laughs> of all, hold yourself out against the playoff game. Like You shouldn't have even been in that game. So you did it to yourself. I, I guess. Could you, could you imagine if he held himself out? Kirk Cousins starts his career winning, like the Super Bowl. Game. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean he would like have been going Nick all Foles. the way. I mean, but that those were also been all primetime games, and we would have lost them. Yeah, but maybe maybe he doesn't even fall into the primetime curse if he starts out strong, because that team was strong. <laughs> that team also, was strong. Who's the backup for Ellinger? Is it Colt McCoy? It's Nick Foles. Who? Nick Foles. Yeah. Would it surprise you? I would not be surprised at all to see Nick Foles. <laughs> if if Ellinger is complete hot garbage in the first half, second half, Foles comes out, and the Colts look like the freaking, I don't know, 95 Cowboys. I don't know what you can compare them to, but they just come out, and they just look dominant. And we're like, uh, we already adjusted in halftime. Are we allowed to adjust again? I want to look at Sam Ellinger's uh, college stats. Here we go. So he has uh, 923 completions for 1,476 attempts. That's 62.5%. Uh, over he's, his career, he's 94 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. He's Heineke. You, you said it yourself. Like everybody on Colts Twitter and like Reddit – they're all comparing Ellinger to Heineke. He's, they're the same person. I think Heineke might have a little bit more dog in him, a little bit more fight, a little bit more swag and confidence. His last year in college, he only completed 60% of his passes. That's about Heineke numbers. Yeah. Again, doesn't matter. Get to the quarterback. Put pressure on him. That's your key to success. 100. percent The key should be and contain Jonathan. You ride this defense. Jonathan Taylor. The key should be you ride this defense. You ride this front. Payne and Allen and Sweat need to completely take over the game. Sort of the way sort of the way Sweat did against the Bears, and honestly the entire defense. And let's not forget over everything. Trust way. Two muffed punts. Left-footed kicker coming in clutch for us. Left-handed kicker making it so hard for these receivers to get the ball that we're pushing into the the blocker and getting those balls two weeks in a row. If you can get me a third week with some big special teams field flipping play, that's massive. That's massive yeah. on Tresley. And we, uh, speaking of special teams, we haven't talked about Antonio Gibson uh, returning kicks. Yeah, let's and, see him start and- returning some punts too, please. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, him returning the kicks, like, every time it was Dax back there and it was a kick, inside the 20, inside the 20, inside the 20. Did you as soon as Gibson's in there, 25, 30, 31, there some, 32. There was some stupid article from some national media outlet talking about the best uh, landing spots for Gibson on the trading block. And I He's think not on the trading block. Why would he be on the trading block? They're, they're saying, like, we, like, 
what can the make what can the commanders get for Gibson and where's the best place for him to land? I don't want anybody in a 500 mile radius of Ashburn to have that thought. Please do not well, get a, There's a also Gibson. national media talking about Deron Payne getting traded. None of that's going to happen. No, and none of it should happen because you are we are we are not rebuilding and we are not one player away We're in the Super Bowl. 500 purgatory. Yes. So, if we were full rebuild mode, if we were the Carolina Panthers, yes. Sell the world. Get me all the picks. We're not doing that. If we were the Rams, who were like, oh, we're just one solid running back away from turning this shit around, then yeah, go out and get Christian McCaffrey or go make some big plays. But we're neither of them. Agreed. Yeah, we're in, we're in 500 purgatory. Right, I'll tell you who's not in 500 purgatory is the 3 and 1 Wizards. Hey. They'll it's be, early. They'll get there. I, I, if if I see this play after 15 games, then I'll buy in. How about that? Well, we saw it after, what, 11 or? Yeah. Probably after give 15 me, games. Give last, me after last 15 year, games. We if, if you're still playing like this, I'll buy in. I'm buying in. I think, uh, I, I mean, uh, Wes Sunsell Jr. is, I think, a, a decent coach. Brad's not being the workhorse that he needs to be, that that he was used to being, which is I think is a good thing. Does the back tightness not concern you with Brad? He came back in. I know, but you know, Brad, back, back tightness, tightness. Back tightness. I could get back be, tightness. I'm back all in the time. and I'm good, or back tightness could be I'm missing a quarter of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's probably approaching thirty. I have back tightness from leaning into the mic right now just over this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, I get back back tightness <laughs> from sleeping on my stomach. <laughs> so, all right, do you uh, can you pull up the over unders for the the Commanders Colts game? Let's hit that and wrap this beauty up. All right, over unders for the Commanders. How did we do last week? I don't know, but let me take the mic while you bring that up. I have been doing beautifully on my FanDuel account. I have been hitting big bet after big bet after big bet. I can attest to this. <laughs> it is a thing of beauty. It's like $200 payouts each bet off like a $5, $10 bet, $25 bet. That's uh, too early. They haven't posted them yet. Wednesday night? Let's uh, commanders are plus 118 uh, straight up. Really? And the money line is... That's some disrespect. So a first-time starter, and we're still the underdogs? Oh, uh, we're plus three. Yep. And the uh, the line is set for 39 and a half. So much disrespect. Did you also see the pro, the, 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 the week's power rankings? Like, the Bears are, like, six pole positions higher than us. Packers are, like, ten pole positions higher than us. The Packers like are plus 400 not... against the Bills this week. Oh, dude. What's what's I the, see, I, what's the yeah. points? What's the point spread? Ten and a half. I would take that. The Bills are good. I but would, you can't, I would, you can't imagine the Packers are going to be horrible for the whole season. 
I would put my entire balance that the Bills cover that. Do it. What would it be? What would the payout be? Let's say five hundred. Let's say I put five hundred dollars on the Bills covering. Yeah. Ten and a half. It's or over. Uh, let's say over. You get four hundred fifty bucks. I might have to do it. That that might be easy money. And Lazard is hurt. a lot of points. And Lazard is hurt. Come on, dude. Have they signed anyone yet? Is OBJ a Packer yet? I think they're looking at Elijah Mitchell from the Jets, possibly Chase Claypool. Yeah, but none of those things are going to happen this week. It could. Christian McCaffrey from yeah, Friday to could. Sunday. Good. Yeah, the Bills are good, though. So good. Jonathan Allen, single-handedly, is what's keeping me in my uh, fantasy league. You mean Josh Allen? Josh Allen, yes. All right, FP, let's put a bow on the show. Uh, Who do you got winning this week? Commanders win. 40-burger on the Colts. 42-16. Can we go back to saying hail to the Redskins since Tanya said it? Tanya said it. We could say it. Hail to the Redskins. This Actually, has been Jason fun. Wright said hail to the Skins. Oh, did he? He doesn't even know our full name, huh? Nope, he probably forgot it. Hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Skins. Hail to the Commanders. This has been fun for DTC. That is FP, and I am LP. Interact with us on Twitter at Defeat the Curse. Let us know what you think of the game. We are out.